Hey, what's up, Connect family? So glad that uh, you're here to enjoy uh, kind of just an online message where we can kind of feed the sheep uh, in the privacy of your own home. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had an awesome holiday and are feeling refreshed and getting some quality time with loved ones and friends. Uh, today, I just want to encourage you, especially as we approach the new year, uh, I want to try to make God's Word come alive for you today. Today's message is entitled Daily Bread. And so if you want to follow along, I think there's the ability to take some notes and kind of uh, dig into this in your own private devotion as well a little later. But, you know, growth doesn't happen in a day. Growth happens in the daily. It's over time. Uh, I heard an old adage, success isn't in a day, it's in the daily. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, the Lord's Prayer, it says, and this is our key text, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. I heard about a pastor who uh, was doing some hospital visitations, and um, apparently one of his people that he went to visit had already gotten um, home and was doing a little bit better. So he went by the person's house to, to visit, and uh, the father uh, that was not feeling well actually greeted the pastor at the door. The pastor was really excited about that. The father called him in and called him into his uh, den to kind of sit down and talk for a few minutes. And the father spoke to his son, and to try to impress the pastor said, uh, son, go get dad's favorite book and read it and bring it to the den so that when we're sitting down with the pastor, we can read it. Of course, he was referring to the Bible. Well, the young boy brought a magazine entitled Muscle and Fitness. And so that didn't go so well. Uh, what I want to make sure is that you know, everybody knows, that the Bible is actually your favorite book. I want to make it come alive for you. I actually brought my favorite Bible just kind of as a visual. If you can see it, it's uh, covered in duct tape. Um, this Bible was actually given to me when I was 18 years old, and um, I have never really been able to let it go. Many times, several times actually, over the years, people have offered, um, prior to the duct taping, uh, to uh, pay for it to be rebound, kind of as a gift to me. And I could never part with it, because sometimes it would be four to six weeks before I would see this thing return. And so uh, I came up with kind of a, a, an immediate solution, duct tape. Duct tape, you know, could survive a holocaust. And so I uh, put duct tape around it and uh, to keep it you know, with me as long as possible. And my goal is to keep it with me so that the Bible doesn't go on to be with Jesus prematurely. So I, I don't know about you, but you might, it's not so much the physicality of the Bible, but actually what's in the Bible. And, 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 and this Bible, and then I have a, a spirit-filled uh, New King James Bible that I do most of my study and preparation for messages um, just like this. But now today we have we have Bibles, you know, in our phones. We have smartphones. And I actually had this one bound in something that looks like a Bible because there's an app on this that actually um, has uh, 34 different translations, uh, a search engine on it where you can kind of look up any scripture that you could possibly imagine. And it's incredible what you can have literally just right there on your phone. And um, it's uh it's so accessible to us today to get the written word in our hands. With today in this particular app called Uversion, which many of you appreciate and use regularly at Connect and hopefully regularly at your home, it's very obvious that God's word is um, the not only um, best known book in all of human history, but with just this particular app, over 100 million downloads have taken place since its inception. It's incredible. My point is that you need to get a Bible if you don't have one.
Um, you need to have your own scripture if you don't have one that you're reading on a regular basis. And it's just so easy to get one. And with we'll, we'll give you one at our church if you don't have one. But I encourage you to invest in a nice one. Um, and I'm going to offer you this 30-day money-back guarantee. If you read the Bible after you purchase one for 30 days, you invest in a new Bible, and you don't like it, I personally will buy that back from you. It's, it's not a guarantee you get everywhere, but the Bible is so, so helpful to our lives. If at the very least, please, if you, if you have a data plan, get you version on your phone. My 71-year-old mother-in-law, my 78-year-old father-in-law, I remember introducing you version to them, and they use, listen, and read uh, the Bible on you version every single day. If they can do it, I'm telling you, we all can do it. It's not something that is beyond our capacity. And what I want and my goal is that you get into it every day and that when we come together as a church, um, and I say, hey, open, you know, let's prepare to read God's word. We should hear pages turning either from a physical Bible or smartphones opening because we're all getting into the word. You guys feeling me on this? This is really important, the word of God. The scriptures, um, uh, you know, have life in them. And the Bible is just has at this point uh, 66 chapters, 66 books, excuse me, in the Bible. Uh, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Um, it's got, uh, uh, I think it's between, um, where is it in my notes? 929 chapters in the Old Testament, 260 in the New Testament. And the point is you could read three to four chapters a day and get through the Bible in a little over a year. And so I say that because now we have on our website, which you're viewing right now, please take the time to check it out a 365-day devotional that you can participate and use. And we also have an online reading plan that you can go through. And on January 1st, I'm encouraging you to join me and our leadership as we go through the Bible in a year. We'll be faithful to uh, communicate weekly where we are at in the one-year Bible or some kind of testimonial about scriptures that we're reading and talk about it through Twitter and Facebook as well. But I want, I want the Word to change your life. And in order for that to happen, we have to do it daily. We have to have daily bread. That's kind of, you know, some of the, you know, the, the, the what we should do. I'm going to get into why in a little bit. But, you know, you need to see that this book was written, it really has one author. It's approximately 40 different writers. But it only has one author. That one author, of course, is God. And God actually wrote his own autobiography. And he, it was inspired uh, by him and written by the hands of men. In fact, in your notes in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Above all, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy 3.16, a verse I memorized kind of when I was a boy, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed. Uh, the Greek, it means theos neustis. It's the breath of God. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This Bible, this book, is good for every aspect of human life. God wrote his own autobiography. We have a copy of it to help us navigate this crazy nuts world. This Bible is referred to as our daily bread. We see an Old Testament and a New Testament connection to this. In the Old Testament, I think it's in Exodus chapter 16, there's a story of uh, God providing for his people uh, manna from heaven. 
these quail. They would come every single day. And God instructed the people only to take just so much because he was going to give them more the next day. He was teaching them um, that he was their physical provision and that he wanted to be their daily source and supply. In the New Testament, within the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, it talks about give us this day our daily bread. That's not so much uh, related to our physical provision, but to our spiritual nourishment. In other words, God wants us to go to him every day and get a word for every day, just like he gave a meal every day for the people of Israel in the Old Testament. You need a word every day of your life. The reason many are weak, the Bible says, and feeble among us is because we have not received a word from God. We're not being strengthened. We have not received daily bread. God wanted you to have a word for every day. What's God's word for you today? When I was uh, preparing uh, the message that I brought today, just before recording this message, the word for today, ironically, was the same scripture that I was preaching from later that same morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, uh, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. It's so good to have a word and then have God reveal to you what is actually happening in that word and have it feed and nourish your spirit. It changes you. Every day, God wants to give you a word that will strengthen you spiritually. And if you can see it right, if you can have the right perspective about the Bible, and then put it into practice on a daily and routine basis, then I believe your faith, my faith, can go to a whole nother level. That's my wish and prayer for you in this new year, 2014. But how do we make the Bible actually come alive? How, do we, how does the spirit and breath of God come on the written word. That's what I want to talk to you about a little bit. Um, this Bible is in John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, the words I spoke to you are spirit and life. It's alive. It's like Dr. Frankenstein. It's alive. It has life in it. It is incredibly helpful to our lives. But how do we see that happen? Well, some of that relates to our big idea, which is this. We need God's word every day. So you need to write that down. You need God's word every day. Don't just write it down. Write it also upon the tablet of your heart. Make it a conviction this year. Get in the word every day. Get in the word every day. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active. I used to say and often say it's living and active to those who live and act on it. It's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts, attitudes of the heart. That may have confused you royally, but what it's saying is this. This book is alive to you, and if you'll let it in, if you'll let it cut through the different parts of your life and the things that you face, it can help you big time. There's nothing you face where this book cannot help you navigate or overcome it. So my job today is to um, make you excited about reading this, uh, help you rely on this incredible word, uh, get you to see the benefits of chewing on this, and absolutely see it as the joy of your life in this coming year. But here's the question, how do you get there? How do you get from where you are in your personal devotional life to where God wants you to be, where you are to where uh, maybe you want to be as well? If you don't read it every day, uh, perhaps if you don't, many people don't. If it's boring to you, if it's kind of uh, got a lot of shelf life at this time, maybe it doesn't make sense to you, things are complicated, uh, it helps you sleep at night if you do in fact read it, um, you get the point. If it's not coming alive to you, what do you do about it? 
I want to offer you kind of a progression. And this is kind of the meat of our little daily bread discussion today. I want you to see kind of a sequence that we can go through. And I'm going to start from kind of the end point and work backwards and hopefully make this make sense to you. Um, I want you to help kind of answer that question, how do you make it come alive for you, for yourself. And I think you're going to see it as we go through this, pro this progression. We want this book desperately to come alive. That's my wish. That's my desire. That's my prayer for you. Making the word coming alive requires three things, okay? And you can write this in your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, you can go ahead and write this down. Uh, number one, faith. What is required is faith. Faith that activates the word. What makes the word of God come alive is faith. Faith. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, in other words, you come to this place where you finally believe and then you decide to take a leap. You put your faith, your hope, your trust, you transfer your allegiance from relying on you to relying on God. That's what it means to have faith. Faith kind of fills the gap between the actual results manifesting before they actually do. Hebrews 4, 2 says this, For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value. In other words, a lot of, of, of what you have experienced, that, that you read it, but it did little or no good for you, little or no value to you. You went to church, you heard the message, you, you read the Bible, you read a different translation, but it didn't really do anything for you. That's what they're saying. It, it, they, they heard it, it, it they, they had no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. A lot of times we don't get the value of it because it's not combined with faith. What he's saying is you didn't get much out of it because you didn't have faith. Faith is so important. And some of you might be here listening online right now and you're saying, okay, Derek, uh, that's the problem. Yep, that's the problem. I agree. I'm, I'm frustrated though because how do I have faith? I need some faith. What do I do? Just believe. Just believe. It's got to be more than that. Check out this next step. Okay, in order for you to come alive, in order for you to have faith, how do you get that? I'm going somewhere with this. So hang on. The second word is revelation. You need revelation. Revelation is what activates faith. Revelation is that which activates faith. In other words, when you are here in revelation, that means you come to this place where you have, and you've heard me say this for those of you who go to connect, an aha moment, a eureka moment, I get it moment. It's, you know, I, I had a V8 that morning and it all began to click. There, there are two uh, the, the, the Old Testament and New Testament, by the way, are written in two different languages. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek, and there are different, um, sometimes, definitions for words or different words to describe words. And, and the word for revelation actually uh, has two words for the word, uh, revelation about the word. It, there's two words to describe the word, word. I know that's kind of confusing, but hang on. One of the words that describes the word, the word, is logos, logos. Another word that describes the word, word, is rhema. Now, logos is referring to those things that are written on pages. Just that which is written on the papyrus, you know, of the Bible, the paper. It literally means the written word. There, there, there are many here who just experience, um, go through, sometimes... Uh, religiously and sometimes give up on the logos, just the written word. We're sometimes often living at a logos level. They have another word again, the word rhema, that's where God wants us to be. Rhema is that eureka, that aha, that I call it a heavy revy, a God moment. You get it, you, you get it. 
uh, it sits not only in your mind, but it drops into your spirit. And I have a scripture for you to describe this, and you'll see uh, the devil wants to deceive you into thinking that, that the word is just about logos, just written words. He wants you to think that because if he can convince you of that, then he can easily convince you that other things are more appealing and more beneficial. If the devil can get you to convinced that the Bible is just a bunch of written words, that he can always pull you away and deceive you. That is why many fall away and are in fact deceived. This is why many are weak-willed and weak spiritually. And this is why people are more experiential sometimes than revelational. Revelational is a much higher level uh, walk as a believer than experiential. Experiential, we just go in for the feelings, the external, just the, uh, the circumstantial. But revelation was something that's from within, that is transformational, not just informational. The experiential will not sustain you because it's more external than internal. You need food like that, food that nourishes you, food that sustains, preserves, and upholds, as the Bible talks about. If you get it, then it will change your life totally and completely. And so this is really good for you. Quick summary. Again, is I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you here as we go forward through this progression, all right? You need faith for this to come alive. In order to have faith, you, ha you need a revelation. Uh, and when this is happening, when you have this revelation, great things begin to follow. There was, um, there's just kind of this example, you know, it's really uh, pertinent to the season that we're in right now, when the angel came to the young teenage girl, Mary, and said to her, you're going to become pregnant, of course, even though you haven't been with anyone yet, which, which was another story all by itself. And by the way, um, you're going to become pregnant, and oh, don't forget, uh, he's going to be God, okay? You're going to have God in you. And, and some scholars say she was pregnant between the ages of 13 and 16. So she's real, real young, if you can imagine. It's like my Morgan or my Madison. I mean, that's, wow, that's a big deal. And by the way, one of them has God for a baby. That's a big deal. And she's just minding her own business, and the angel says to her, I have found favor with you, Mary. You're going to carry someone really special, and his name will be called Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, For God, for with God it says, Nothing, the key word nothing there, will be impossible for you. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary actually had a revelation about who God was. At first it was just Logos where she's going to have a baby. But later it became Rhema. And I believe when she began to realize that she was going to actually have the Son of God, she realized that nothing was impossible for her. That is when she became pregnant. When she had a revelation is when Mary actually became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Here's the next level in this progression. So you need faith, then you need revelation, and then you need meditation. Meditation. Meditation is that which activates revelation. In Joshua chapter 1, it says, Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Really important that we have the word in our mouth. You meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. If you buy into that, what do you do now? This is so important that you understand how, how important revelation is. Revelation is like... Um, or I should say meditation, excuse me, is like the word there uh, in the Hebrew is like a cow chewing its cud. Now, it's kind of a gross thing, but you know, if, if those of you who have been near a farm or whatever, you've seen some cows, they, they chew the grass, they swallow it, 
they regurgitate it, and they chew it some more. That's the word there for, in the Hebrew, for meditation. You get some good out of it, you swallow it, let it work inside you, you bring it back up again and chew it some more. It's a little gross, but it's actually the perfect word to chew on it, to kind of masticate on it. There are things that are good about that for you and for me. The Bible is something that we're supposed to chew on. And so if you want to have revelation that ultimately leads to faith, You've got to meditate on the Word. Day and night, meditate on God's Word. Now, if you accept that and you buy into that, then it's so important that, number one, that you accept that the Bible is your authority. If you want to see the Word, the daily bread of God, change your life from the inside out, you have to accept, first of all, that the Word is your sole authority. And I don't just mean S. O-U-L, I mean S-O-L-E, it's your sole authority. There is a statistic that I read recently that um, scripture uh, is not being seen as not only inspired, infallible, inerrant, but it's filled with error, it's flawed, it's failing. In fact, in the church, 93% of Christians in America today believe the scriptures are flawed in some way. Now, I want to boldly declare that Connect Community Church is a part of the 7%. We believe that the scriptures are not flawed, that they are perfect, and that they can change a perfect, they can change an imperfect life and make it more like God. It's sad to think that um, the, the, the cultures continue to move its beliefs to match its behavior instead of moving its behavior to match the convictions and the beliefs that come from Scripture. We don't need any more moral relativism. Look where that has got us today. Look at the chaos within our culture because of it. Psalm 15, 4 tells us that if we do what God's Word says, we'll never be shaken. If we keep His Word, we'll never be hurt. Psalm 1 said, you know, uh, blessed is the man whose delight is in the Word. Day and night he meditates. Uh, he shall be like a fruitful tree because he's planted by the waters of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord, it says earlier in that particular rendering. So if you want this to work, you have to make it your final authority. You have to meditate on it. You have to ask God for a revelation, and you have to believe in faith that what his word says is true. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, We also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as words from man, not as words from PD or some other preacher. No, but actually as it is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. 2 Timothy 3.16, we've already quoted, the word of God is God-breathed and is profitable for all areas of life. Once you settle this, you go from logos to rhema. So you must accept its authority. You must take part and let it take part in your life every single day. Make it a part of your every single day experience. Have a devotional time, a set-aside time with God, but also bring it into your daily life as well. Don't just make it part of your Sunday experience right now this morning, but read it daily and chew on it throughout the day. Chew on it over and over again like the cow did. I use my Twitter for this sometimes to bring these things up again, something I study in the morning, then I'll share it later on or Sometimes I try to leverage certain uh, influence that we have and, and share what God is speaking to me and give it away to other people. Sometimes you learn by giving things away. Sometimes you learn by teaching things for that purpose. So don't eat it just one time a week. You'll be skinny and ugly if you just ate one time a week. And in fact, you say, well, I should maybe eat three times a day like we do physically. You know what? I eat all the time. I eat several times a day. You know, I, I, I think it's like, again, back to a cow. I think we should graze on the word of God. 
Just continue to eat and chew and graze on God's word. Look at what Deuteronomy 6 says. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. This is the life that God wants to have with his followers. He wants us to be impressing these things on our children, talking about them all the time, wherever we are, wherever we go. And if you want to keep it alive in you, lastly, you got to put it all into practice. you got to accept it as your authority. you got to get into it every single day. But you got to put it into practice. It's really important that in order to put something into practice, you really need to memorize Scripture. Um, it wasn't always a habit in my life and in my Christian experience, but I can tell you it's a great habit is to memorize Scripture, to hide it in your heart. Just recently I was reviewing the Scripture in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, where it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't know about you, but when you're feeling down, you want to be able to recall something that you have planted deep, you have hidden in your heart. Psalm 119.11, when you're struggling with sin, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you're struggling with temptation, in Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I'll let no vile thing come through my eye gate. Or Job said, you know what I mean, I, I won't set my, I, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon a woman. The word has promises and, and, and truths for every situation that we will face in our particular life. If you're facing the enemy, you know the devil's attacking you. I was just talking to a brother about that recently. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We sang the song this morning. That song is really based on that particular scripture. If you're facing a financial problem, Philippians 4 says, My God, I don't know about your God, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I know when my kids started to drive, um, you know, now I have three kids who drive. I got this verse from Psalm 121, verse 8. It says, God will bless you coming in and you're going out both now and forevermore. I needed that verse because as my kids are driving, I don't know about you, I would pray, God, you know, send angels upon these kids because, Lord, you know, you've seen these kids drive. I, please help me, Jesus. And so you need promises you need scripture for different situations, and you're not going to be able to put something into practice if you haven't hit it in your heart. And once you know these things, John chapter 13 says, you'll be blessed if you do them. So first, you have to accept the authority. You have to get into it every day. You have to hide it in your heart, but then you do. You act on what the word says. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I want to encourage you today as, you close, as we close in prayer to put God's word in the forefront of your spiritual development this year. I want to encourage you that you need God's word every single day of your life. Would you please join me, Connect Community Church, as we go into a year of passionate pursuit, not only of God, but the knowledge, the experiential knowledge, the revelation and rhema of God's word this year. On January 1st, join me as we begin our one-year uh, Bible together, and let's just see what God is going to do in our midst as His Word not just informs us, but transforms us. I want to pray for you, and I just want to thank you for listening. I hope you have an awesome new year. Can't wait to see you on church on uh, January 5th. I love you. It's been amazing. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for uh, Connect Community Church and everybody that's listening within the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to them, that you would give them a word for today. 
Father, I pray that um, you would help the Word of God to come alive to them, that it no longer be just written word on pages, written by a man, but no, it was God-breathed, that there is spirit in life in your words, and you want to infuse our spiritual life with your word. Change us and transform us from the inside out, God. I thank you that your word is, like you said, living and active. Help us as your church to live and act on it in Jesus' name. And everybody said out there, Amen. I'll see you guys real soon. God bless you.